for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we're back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Dustin Collins. How's it going today, Dustin? Ah, it's going great. How are y'all? Doing pretty good. You know, we're just reminiscing about the old or living in Kentucky. You know, it's, it's definitely one of those times that I wish I would have taken more advantage of, like actually living in Bowling Green, but it... It, it just wasn't the right time at the right point in my life. You know, it was just, yeah, it, it was just a weird point in my life. So I was just kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to move. And I, yeah, it, it, it wasn't super awesome for me. <laughs> it, it was great with the music and the, you know, the scene down there, but uh, I was young and in love and you know how that goes. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I completely when you pack all your crap up and you move to Nashville. Yeah. And had I known at the time that I was going to be doing, or that I was that I'd be doing now what I was doing with the podcast and all the music stuff that I do, I'd have just stayed in Bowling Green because Nashville is like, what, maybe an hour drive, depending on... Depends on how fast you drive. (laughs) I was going to say traffic, but you said it the correct way, yes. Uh, There's ins and outs of that traffic over there. I'll tell you that from experience. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. But um, first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, for the people that aren't really familiar with who you are or what you're about, what's kind of your backstory? What got you into music? My, um, my dad and my uncle played music, uh, my whole life. And I, I grew up in and out of a recording studio and, um, I've played guitar probably since I was 10 and really, I played in some bands in high school and stuff like that. And, um, I don't think it t- till I was like 21 or 22, um, is when I really decided, Hey, people are actually listening to my songs <laughs> and, uh, that, that we took off and, and decided to do the Nashville thing and really go in and, and get after it. And, you know, it's, it, it's been real tough with, uh, you know, the kind of music that I put out and the kind of music that I, I try to stay completely true to who I am when I, when I play music and I write stuff, and sometimes, like nowadays, it's not always easy to go and sing the songs that I sing and, you know, get the same traction as everybody else because a lot of uh, the institutions in Nashville are swayed by some kind of PC or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they don't they don't really want to, you know, help us out or give us a leg up or whatever, where where, you know, at the same time, they'll play some stuff that's just – outrageous and crazy because the music industry is like that i mean uh you try to you know as far as country music goes i grew up listening to like aaron tippen and hank williams jr and and uh, alan jackson and and a lot of guys like that that are super pumped to be patriots and and sing about america and the heartland and where we're from and today uh you know it's kind of hard trying to sing some stuff with substance (laughs) Mm -hmm. absolutely that 
you know, and that, that's always the real interesting thing about the music industry just in general is you'd think it would be just very, not to get too political, because we don't like to get too political on this podcast leaning one way or the other, but you'd think the music industry would be very bipartisan, you know, just like you do your thing, you do your thing, and we'll give everybody an equal shot. But it's yeah, like, yeah, in my opinion, that's the way it should be. You know, everybody, you know, let the fans decide for themselves what, what they want to listen to. And, you know, the stuff that gets played, play more of it. The stuff that don't get played, don't play it. Yeah, or don't get requests, don't play. You know, like, I, I, deal, I deal with the exact same thing. It's like, I, I get it. Like, why, if, so, like, just for instance, let's say I'm getting requests for this song over here from, like, 800,000 people to play it but it's not aligned with, you know, certain views and values. It's like, but still a lot of people want to see this or listen to this song. Wow. You can tell I work in the TV business because everything's very visual with me, but um, you know, if the best in reality, it should be whatever's getting the most traction and whatever the people want to see is what should be played and what should be shown. You know, I mean, I, I, sometimes I think you, you know, in TV, like you work in the TV industry, uh, uh, TV has ratings. Like, yeah. why, why isn't there uh, music ratings? I mean, we used to have the Billboard chart, but now it's like it's so skewed by the Spotify numbers or uh, you know streaming that you can't really gauge what's you know how can how can an independent artist like. Um, you know, Drake's what Drake's up to like eighty up. But 85 million streams like how, how do you get there how, how as an independent artist do you get 85 million streams it's, it's just something that's so hard to, hard to reach out especially without you know certain certain things so we're you know we're we're kind of um limited to what we can do other than like myself and a lot of other guys i know we're road warriors. We, mm-hmm. we jump on the road and we go and we stay out there. Yeah. And we meet people one by one individually and, and yeah. try to, you know, make that, um, you know, try to try to form some kind of bond with your fans where they want to, you know, follow you forever as opposed to just song by song that they're waiting for the next one to come out. Yeah. And, you know, I really admire like those musicians that are what you call or what you said road warriors that just go out there and they tour like uh over last over the holidays in 2019 so christmas 2019 i had a kid 17 year old kid he's turning 18 getting ready to graduate high school he's like yo i want to make it in the music business but I, I don't have a following. I don't, you know, and he gave me all these reasons why he wasn't going to make it. And I was like, look, dude, you want to see if you're really going to make it in this business? You have exactly four, four or five months, whatever I told him, until you graduate. You have no real responsibility. So I want you to take the next four to five months, work, save every penny that you can, you know, just work whatever job, you know, whatever you got save every penny that you can. And once you graduate, hit the road. And when you, if you run out of money, figure out how much it's going to take to get you back home or wherever home base is and put that away and say, okay, this is my 
fail safe to get myself back home if I get stuck or whatever. But get out on the road, just do open mics, do whatever you can. And if you're going to make it, you're going to make it doing that, you know? So, man, that's the, probably uh, the best advice I could give anybody is just get out there and get, if you want somebody to listen to your music, I mean, you can't uh, sit in your house and sit on Facebook and expect, you know, the same uh, 200, 300 people you have on your Facebook to listen to it, especially, you know, if you're wanting to get out there and play shows and get out there and rock it, man, the only way to do it is get out there and play them. And, uh, you know, a lot of times there's not a lot of money in it. There's not, you know, we was talking about tidballs. I think tidballs was like, um, yeah, we'll pay you uh, whatever you bring into the door. And, yeah. and, you know, a $5 cover with 14 people in the bar on a Wednesday night doesn't really cover it. And uh, yeah. you just got to keep on going and, and, and you got to keep on it and find that one song that breaks you through and communicates with the audience you're trying to find. And that's, that's what I've always thought about music is, is just be as true to yourself as you possibly can be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and just figure out a way to make it work. Like whatever that means to you, just figure out a way to make it work. And not, not, not every artist's path to success is the same. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, nobody ever gets the same, you know, direct path in there to what they're trying to do. It it just all kind of falls in place when you're doing the right things. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I had one musician on the podcast, not actually, it's probably been a little bit when she first started, she went to all these different thrift stores and bought like, or would find like vintage, like concert tees, like, you know, like you're wearing a steel Panther shirt right now. So, you know, she probably (laughs) found one of those and then she would like, she was a relatively creative person. So she'd do like some Edward scissor hand type stuff and like make it like a one one or one of a kind piece of item and she'd sell them at her shows yeah that's a lot of work (laughs) that's a lot of work there whenever you're cutting it up yourself yeah but you know she made it work and she's like i made a pretty decent living doing it like i wasn't making a whole lot of money but it kept me on the road kept me playing music so it worked you know that's what you gotta do man you just gotta find those things and keep writing and write and that's that's what I take to my career that I'll write as many songs as it takes to find that one. Yeah. And uh, I think my dad told me, he's like, if you write 10,000 songs, he said, you're bound to have a hit in there somewhere. So yeah, yeah, you'd be all right. Absolutely. And you know, it's one of those things where you need to be willing to kind of revisit some of the, like if there's a song that you wrote early on that you felt was like, Oh man, that could have been it. I just didn't have the traction at the time or whatever, or didn't have a following. Don't be afraid to revisit those songs. Like, oh, absolutely not, man. I'm, I'm in the process of, uh, we're recording our new record right now. I've just started the process of song selection and, um, you know, that's kind of crazy. Cause, um, once you get your record deal and you start moving forward and all that stuff, you get publishing companies sending you demos of other songs other people wrote and then you got your own songs that you wrote yeah so it's just like okay now i have like 500 songs to listen to to find 10 yeah. and you always want to go with the best song no matter you know and i'm always partial to my stuff because i wrote it and i have a connection with it so i'm always like oh i like this and the producer's like uh oh, that sucks yeah. <laughs> okay. oh 
So since you're kind of in this process of song selection for a new album, what do you kind of look for when you're kind of selecting songs? If I, uh, my first thing is, do I see myself singing this song for the next two years? (laughs) Every night that I play, every night that I put this guitar on, do I want to sing this song? And sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't. I'm not going to specify on which songs I don't, but, you know, there's a couple of them in there that, uh, you know, they're not our favorites to play. But uh, you always want, whenever you're trying to do your record, you want it to be the closest resemblance to who you are as a person. And whether you wrote the song or if you're taking an outside cut from someone else, you want to know that, you love that song with everything in your being because you will get burnt out, you know, uh, before COVID and all this craziness, you know, we were, we were out doing a hundred shows a year and you, you play a song a hundred, you know, a hundred, maybe 200 times a year. You're going to get real tired of it if you don't love it. So it's, it's me. I try to, I try to fall in love with every piece of music that we record. Yeah. And cause if you fall in love with it and you enjoy playing it, then the fans or whoever's in attendance to your shows are going to see that you enjoy it. And that's going to rub off on someone. Yeah, I, you know? I agree. So uh, I mean, uh, fun not- is contagious. You know, people, if you're having fun playing it, you know, if you're having a super awesome time playing it, you're not going to have that guy in the front row. That's like, uh, yeah. And if you are, man, you're, <laughs> you need to <laughs> figure some stuff out. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, like, not everybody's going to get into it the same way, but, you know, there's going to be a, cu- a handful of people that get into it, and it's going to be, you know, awesome. So Yeah, and I thought, you know, that went away after a while. We were out on tour a few years ago with uh, Aaron Watson, and this guy kept on heckling us while we were opening, and he was like, play Merle Haggard. <laughs> and I was like, man, all right. I said, I'm going to play this guy some Merle, because he yelled it like four or five times. So, uh I think we ended up playing Mama Tried. We went into Mama Tried and played that, and he, and our time was up. And so we we come off stage, and uh, I went to the merch booth to uh, try to sell some merch so we could get some gas money. And uh, I heard Aaron come on. They did their first couple songs and got all quiet. And Aaron was talking, and uh, I hear play some Merle Haggard, and I was like, Oh man, this guy's relentless. And uh, <laughs> I, I looked up and. Um, Aaron said, sir, stop harassing me. <laughs> I was like, so that's how you handle that. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, it, it was pretty fun. Yeah. I used to do the, uh, I used to do something very similar with, uh, and you're probably going to groan when you hear this, but I used to yell, do, be that guy in the back of the show yelling free bird. <laughs> but I would only do it, like there's only two situations I'd do it, where if it was my buddies that were up on stage and they knew I was screwing with them, or if it was somebody new and they were like nervous, like you could tell that they, this was like one of their first shows and I would just do it either a, to see how they would react or B to see if I can get them to laugh and, you know, just kind of you do it at our shows. We might, yeah. depending on how much beer my guitar player has drank. Um, we might play free bird. Okay. It might happen. <laughs> it is a very possibility and he will play that solo for 20 minutes. Yeah. And we will we will walk off stage to take a smoke break. <laughs> Where he's just sitting there by himself and he's just like, all right, cool. No, I would leave the drummer up there all by himself. 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. No, it, there's only one time it backfired. My buddy, because I literally just walked into the show and I saw who was on stage. And he was, it was just kind of like this awkward pause. And I yelled it out. And he's like, sir, get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's just me, man. It's just me. I'm screwing with you. He's like, oh, I should have known it was you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. I mean, I mean, I've had some crazy requests. I mean, I, I think, and sometimes, you know, we get the craziest requests and I'll look at the guys and I'm like, let's play that. <laughs> I'm like, uh, uh, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. Uh, and w- some, some dude said war pigs one night. Oh, actually. And now like it's our closer to yeah. all of our shows. <laughs> There's a, like, there, if we're not playing a big festival or something like that, <laughs> like it's like if we're at a bar gig, yeah, War Pigs is the closer. Yeah, if, if we're doing a club somewhere, War Pigs is the closer. If we're at like at a country festival and we're playing, and you know you got like little old ladies and stuff out there like watching you play, we're not probably not going to play War Pigs. Yeah, there's a, a like the last time I was in Nashville, we did a big uh, acoustic recording session with a bunch of like local musicians and stuff. Um, and a girl came down where'd she come from somewhere up in kentucky like she was up somewhere in kentucky they trap like i think no it was knoxville not kentucky she was up in knoxville and she came down to nashville and she, I, I, was, so I was like yeah, okay this is what we're gonna do if you've got a cover you want to do and so she starts playing her cover and it's war pigs and it's just like this solo female acoustic doing a war pigs cover and i was like Dear God, do you have that video? Yes, I <laughs> you do, will have actually. to. You will have to share that with me. <laughs> I will share it with you. Is that is actually really good? Like the, I, I will think, share that on my page. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's really good. Um, but so you're not in Nashville right now. You're in Kentucky, correct? No, I won't be back to Nashville for a couple of weeks. It is deer season in Kentucky, so I am uh, camped out at the farm for a uh, little while. Nice. You can't get anything yet this year, or is it not like officially started started yet? Uh, I've been a couple times. I actually just went on a pheasant hunt up in South Dakota, and I, I went up there with um, Buffalo Wallow Lodge, did some shows up there in South Dakota for them, and I hunted up there and finally got back, and then uh, single released, yeah. I think, the day I got back. And so we were right into interviews, and nobody's doing in-studio right now. So. Yeah. It's like I could do all these Zoom interviews from home, like from Kentucky. I could yeah. do that and then maybe catch some hunting in the evening. Yeah. But so far, I've been like twice, and uh, I, I'm, I'm just waiting. I've, I've got some uh, some Nashville shows coming up and some Kentucky shows that i got to uh, knock out and get after that. But I'm going to take me about a week and a half where I hunt every single day and nice. turn my phone off. and Just get out there. Get, yeah. get to enjoy, you know, nature and, and be – be out there in it yeah that, that's the one thing i miss about living in southern illinois i went to school at siu and two of my uh roommates they all went they both went deer hunting like that that was their thing and every year they'd both just bring down just pounds and hundreds of pounds of deer meat it was just like all right let's start grilling you know and it was yeah I, I, yeah, that's a, the freezer is getting pretty empty over here. I've got a bunch of pheasant and a bunch of catfish. So, uh, and uh, I've been on this like health kick where I'm not trying to, you know, eat like uh, meat from the department store and stuff yeah. like that, and, and pesticides and whatnot. I'm, I don't know. I've read, I, I read too much while we're in the van. So mm-hmm. if I go down the rabbit hole, I'm like, oh my God, they're doing this to my meat. I don't want to eat that. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I've been like on this all natural, like growing stuff out of the garden kick and then, you know, uh, killing what you eat kind of stuff. So, yeah, and I've always been a hunter since I was a kid. So it's, it's, it's a fun way to look at it. And it's actually a lot cheaper than <laughs> going to the grocery store. So, yeah, it, no, it really is. Like it's say it got us through a lot of tough times in college. Like nobody has any money. It's like, well, we need to eat tonight. What do we got? Oh, I got like 50 pounds of deer hamburger. <laughs> yeah, 50 pounds of deer hamburger. And if you want to get really classy, I've still got like back straps. And it's like, you know, I never hold on to those back straps long. Uh, <laughs> they're usually gone within the first three weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, because deer season always coincides with football season. So I'm like, uh, let's let's make some tenderloin and take it to the football party yeah and then it's all gone and now now i'm like thinking uh we shouldn't share this stuff <laughs> we should keep this in our freezer yep i do miss deer sausage though like oh yeah that's good deer sausage is really good but so you'd mentioned this a little bit ago you just dropped a new single uh what's the name of that single and uh it's called um uh, stand for the flag okay awesome it's, and uh, uh well, tell, tell me a little bit about the song. What's kind of the story behind it? Man, um, I, I'm a veteran myself, and a lot of buddies of mine are veterans. And, and just being where we're from, uh, like Bloomfield, Kentucky, man, you drive through Bloomfield, Kentucky right now, there's a, probably a 50-foot-long flag on the side of a building. You know, we're, we're still from small-town America, and there's a lot of people out there like that. Mm-hmm. I. I I tour small towns all the time, and yeah. I love playing uh, the smallest towns we can get in. Yeah. Some of the best fans we've ever had have come from the tiniest, awesomest towns that, that you could imagine. We're always in it. And uh, I wrote this song because I don't think the flag, the United States flag should not be a divisive issue. It should not be a political issue. It shouldn't be anything other than something that brings every single person in this country together. Who cares about the politics of it? That flag has made it through over 200 years of strife and, you know, some bad things have happened to keep that flag still flying. Yeah. And, and to me, it's no matter what, that we should stand up, put our hand over our heart for that flag. I don't care what political thing you've got going on in your brain or whatever it is. And this is just my opinion and my song about what I feel about it. But if you don't feel that way, you need to think real hard about why you don't feel that way. Because the flag didn't do anything. This country didn't do anything. It's, it's all comes down to people and people treating each other kinder mm-hmm. and more, you know, that's the problem in, in the country with the divisiveness is everybody's treating each other like crap. Uh, the flag didn't do it. You know, the guys that, that laid down their life in Vietnam didn't do it. In World War II, the guys that, you know, freed uh, freed the Jews from internment camps and, and defeated the Nazis, they didn't do it. And that's why we stand up for the flag. And uh, that's what I wrote the song about. And I, I hate to say it, I, I'm sad that uh, some of the reactions that we've got to the song, people feel like that I'm trying to uh, – say something bad about somebody else by saying, you know, stand up for the American flag and, and, and the veterans that died, you know, people died, sacrificed their lives to keep that thing, you know, up in the air. Mm-hmm. 
And that's all I wrote the song about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I've definitely got friends that are on both sides of the coins about like, pro, do they stand for the flag? Do they not? And, you know, luckily I've got some really good friends where they're like, no matter what side of the fence I fall on, they're like, you know what? That's your right as an American. Absolutely. And that's, I've got friends the same way, but they also respect my opinion <laughs> to have it, you know, cause that's also what the flag stands for. Just like if, if, if you don't agree with the song and you don't like it, <laughs> there's no reason to be hateful and crappy about it. You can say, you know, I respect your opinion as an American and I'm not going to be mad at you for it. You know, I I didn't write it for, I wrote it for the people that feel like I do, you know, and I think that gets lost in music that, uh, you know, when you're writing music for yourself, you're writing it for the people that are like you. Yeah, absolutely. And, And, you know, you, cause there's definitely like, I work for a TV station and I go, on our Facebook page about a hundred times a day. And I go just look through our Facebook comments and see all the divisiveness and, oh, you guys are liberal left or no, you guys are alt-right. You know, just like in the same comment thread, there'll, there'll be like two completely different perspectives. If we Oh, I've read the local news. <laughs> I've read the local news comment section. Boy, it's, yeah, it's, it's the yeah. most vicious thing I've ever seen. I've never... In my whole life, I've never seen nothing like this. And I can only imagine what it's like on a a song like Stand for the Flag. You know, it's just kind of like, where are you kind of seeing the most interaction for your music? Uh, For the most part, your Facebook page, you've been really good. I've seen a lot of it on Facebook. Um, uh, Unfortunately, uh, we've dealt with some issues where we're being censored on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. on this song and it's not getting out and i'm having uh you know we're having to jump through a lot of hoops to even promote it because they're flagging it as a political yep. uh, a political ad yeah I when was... i've not said one way you know i don't care who you're voting for yeah you know if the song resonates with you you know uh my dad's a lifelong democrat you know and he's also a veteran and he every football game he stands up puts his hand over his heart and he stands for the american flag and it's it's nothing about politics, but you know Facebook and and Twitter and stuff, they've limited they've limited our exposure on the song, so making it almost impossible to get it out there to yeah. so let anybody hear it. Yeah, well, I mean that that's happening all across the board. Music, like just in all facets, facets. music, TV, yeah. anything that that goes against any kind of grain. Mm-hmm. Corporations I, are you know they're like, oh let's push this down. We don't want to upset anybody. Yeah, but some of the best music that I've ever heard in my life has upset people. Yeah, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Could you imagine if they come out now? They wouldn't be able to oh, post there, anything. There's a lot of you could. We could probably sit here and name off a hundred bands that if they came out now. Any band from 1954 to 1969. Yeah, pretty much. Essentially, that, that's because yeah. you know I was talking to a politi- a local politician here. He runs under the uh, Libertarian Party, and I was asking him about, like, how hard it's been to promote on Facebook. He's like, dude, I've been the last three months battling with Facebook just to allow me to advertise on Facebook. Like, I want to give them money so I can advertise on Facebook. That's what I said. I'm trying to give you people money. (laughs) And, And 
they're like, no. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> it's, it, it's craziness. Um, it's so, insane. I mean, to put it out there and let the people decide for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So was there a concern about releasing this song during the, uh, the pandemic or like when you're not really out to play like you normally would? We had, yeah, we had thoughts about it. Um, we knew we were coming out strong with a new record. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, let's let one fly. I was like, everybody else is doing it. I seen uh, Blake Shelton. Sorry, I got the hiccups. Oh, you're good. <laughs> I've seen a lot of other people releasing music. And I was like, we could release a song. I mean, one song is not going to hurt. I'm just see how it flies. And then, of course, you know, we release it during the election where everybody's mad at everything. Yeah. So it's like, no matter what we do, like COVID shutting us down on one end, yeah. the government shutting us down on, on the other. I'm like, it's just a song. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm not trying to get nobody to do anything. Just you know, listen to it. You don't even have to listen to it. That's the awesome thing about America. Yeah. If you don't want to listen to something. There's nobody here sitting here saying, hey, you got to listen to it. You don't. Yeah. You don't have to do it. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's just, we're in a weird time with this COVID stuff and an election. Like, uh, I, I don't even know. My whole life, I've never experienced anything like this. No, not at all. And, and you know, and, it, I'd like to sit here and say, well, in a little less than a week, it'll all be over. And it's, but we know it's not, it's not going <laughs> to be it's no not. chance, no matter who wins there. Uh, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast yesterday. He had uh, Alex Jones on. Oh boy. And, <laughs> oh boy. And he had Alex Jones on and Alex Jones is like, it doesn't matter who wins, who wins this election, the 90 days or 70 days after the election are going to be the worst time in this country because it is going to be just. Yeah. Crazy. I can't agree with a whole lot of stuff Alex Jones says, but yeah. I, I, I do believe that because that guy's uh he's out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he, he got sloppy drunk on this podcast. Like I, you know, he, he got sloppy was, or drunk on uh, uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Sloppy drunk. Like, and really, was he like hollering and screaming and, and oh, acting yeah. all crazy? Like you, uh, did you see the first one that they did? Like it was. No, I, okay. I've I've not seen any of Joe Rogan stuff since he switched to Spotify. But if he had yeah. Alex Jones on there, I mean, yeah, it, I've it, seen a lot of his stuff, like the the Walmart FEMA camps, and I was like, man, I can't watch this guy. I was like, that's yeah. too much. Yeah, it's uh, it it was intense. It, it was really intense. Oh. He's, he's an intense guy like i'm i'm concerned for his health his blood pressure's got to be through the roof yeah you would <laughs> that was definitely something that came off you know but, <laughs> this podcast uh, has been fun we, yeah. we've gone from country music to uh alex jones crazy conspiracy theory people <laughs> yep. all right that's the way i like it um so you said um when touring is like full-blown going you usually do about 100 shows yeah, and we had plans to tick that up like a lot this year. And uh, is and, it? Uh, it's COVID. you and a full band usually when you go out on tour. Man, we do everything from three piece shows to um, five or six piece. You know, depending on what's called for. If we're doing big fairs or whatever, we might carry a fiddle or steel guitar player with us. Or um, you know, uh, usually it's just a four piece. Mm -hmm. Try to keep it nice and Can nice you? and plenty of room in the van to roll down the road. 
Yeah, I got you. Um, where's uh, one place that you haven't played yet that you'd really like to, like as far as a city or a state? Oh, man, we've been everywhere. Okay. Uh, I've not got up to New England um, yet. I've not, I've not that, been that's up. oddly a very common response. Is for whatever reason, it's usually like Maine and like that little bit further north, but New England seems to be. Pretty I've got common. some stuff on my schedule for uh, 2021, Rochester, New York, and a, a tour up through uh, New York. So I'm hoping to get up into that area. Mm-hmm. But we've done the Southwest, out, out to Colorado. Hell, uh, last year we played three shows in Belize. Okay, nice. <laughs> so, uh, and then we were planning on doing a run to Belize, to Mexico, uh, you know, up Cancun, up the, you know, the coast there, and doing a Caribbean tour. And uh, we, you know – plans get canceled so we didn't get to do that um but uh that and california man we've not touched california oh california's on fire right now so uh i pray for those folks and uh hopefully once they get it put out we will come and play some country music for them yeah absolutely absolutely um so so your single released, uh, what was it? When did the single officially release? The 20th of October, correct? The 20th, uh, I think in, uh, last was, week. Yeah, last week. Uh, and then this is building towards your album, which you're currently recording, or is this a completely different album? That- well, this this was just a standalone single, but I believe now we're going to include it on the album because okay. uh, the response we've got out of it. And we just did a new music video that hasn't been released yet for it. So um, hopefully we're thinking in the next three to seven days that we will, you have to do that in music terms, three to seven days, because you never actually know when something's going to happen. Yeah. You can just hope for the best and throw it out there. Yep. Absolutely. But, um, absolutely. We'll get that video out there and, and hopefully this will be um, the momentum that we need to go into the full album. Um, we've got some really great guys working on it. I can't really say a whole yeah. bunch about the new record. Yeah, because it's super secretive right now. Um, yeah, I got you. I but got we got you. some top name producers working with us on it, and um, great musicians, great songwriters. Good. I've been writing my tail off and writing with everybody that wants to write, and you know we're uh, pouring our whole soul into this one because this is my first full length record. Nice. How's it? How's it been going into the studio? Or have you not? Well, you have for the full album, but for. Um... You haven't, but for uh, Stand for the Flag, what was it like? Did you record that uh, yourself, or did you actually you actually went into the studio to record that, right? Yeah, we went into the studio and recorded it, and um, it was the same, except everybody had masks on. Yeah. Oh. We were just socially distanced. I just spread the instruments out farther. Well, I mean, I feel like in the studio, you're pretty socially distanced anyways. Like, Basically, yeah, you're already – like, there wasn't a whole lot of change to that. Other than uh, traffic was awesome <laughs> going in and out of Nashville because nobody was out driving. <laughs> so uh, I was like, man, there's parking here. I was like, I got this. Yeah. So it was a great I, time. I felt really because uh, a couple of weeks ago, I drove, I'm in central Texas right now, and I drove out to southeast New Mexico and I didn't see a single car. That's a hard Until I hit man. like West Texas. Like, We're about central Texas. Uh, Waco. Waco, I used to live in Colleen. Oh, nice. Did you, yeah. were you stationed in Fort Hood? Yeah, I was stationed at Fort Hood. And then I listened to, I lived in Georgetown for a little oh, while after yep. I got out. Yep. And uh, the Round Rock, the Round Rock area. Yeah. 
Georgetown's is a got a lot going on musically down there. Like I, there. Oh, I've had a blast down there. That whole Austin area has been fun. Oh yeah. Oh, and now with everything else kind of going on, there's so many people moving to Texas, and like it just kind of seems to be Austin's that. Central oh, I feel home. I feel like Texas had a huge influence on our sound and what we do, because I was just the biggest cross Canadian ragweed fan that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. I love those guys and uh, Reckless Kelly and uh, Casey Donahue and Aaron Watson. And a lot of these guys I've got to play with after that. And it was, I was like, man, I, t- I told Casey, uh, we opened up a couple shows for Casey Donahue. And I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, <laughs> I was like, man, I can't believe I'm here right now. I was like, I used to drive six hours through Texas to come see you in San Angelo. Yeah. And so it's just super, super cool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Texas is really awesome. Like, I'm, I'm, I've only been here for about a year, actually, exactly a year, and I wish I have been able to see more of it. Like, in a year, you'd think I would have seen more of the area than I yeah. would have. But like, the everything happened. Like, I moved in in October, and so I had like three weeks before like all the holiday stuff started happening, and it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna be gone for this amount of time, and then you know then COVID happened. So there's really only been like three or four months where I've really been able to like go see yeah. what's happening. And then like recently I've been able to get out, but. Yeah. When COVID happened, I bet you're just kind of stuck in your general Waco area. <laughs> yeah. And I've been through Waco um, and we used to fish up there in another place, uh, Lampasas. We used to okay. fish down. Yeah. There was like a little creek or river that we ran through. We used to take kayaks down there and, and go fishing in that river. Oh yeah, it's it, it's a great area. And do you uh, tour through Texas a lot, or do you? Or I it... haven't in years, and that's something uh, just because of the nature of the radio down there, uh, the way it works. You know, getting played on Texas country radio. That if you're not a native Texan, it's real hard to. Yeah, there, there is a touring. lot of state. There is a lot of stations that have the. Oh, if we'll play local Texas country once an hour, like like that's their kind of their calling card where they play local Tex, Texas. Yeah, it's, I mean we we've had some really good luck. Yeah, with Texas stations, but uh, as far as like, you know, the infrastructure of what we do is is you know the 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 labels and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, if you can't chart, why would we go there? I'm like, you know, that's a good place to go. And uh, we haven't been down there, but I've made a plan to get Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and even down in Louisiana, I want to get down there and, and just play as much as we can. I, I, want, I want to get eventually where the southeast and the southwest for us is just just a big circle. Oh, that's super easy to do, especially coming from Kentucky, Nashville, like wherever you're at, that is really easy because all you got to do – is come through Omaha. What's the major highway that goes, or not Omaha, um, Tulsa? Uh, there, there's a big old major highway that comes through. It'll take you from Tulsa to Oklahoma City, and then down into New Mexico, and then it's like a big old loop. Like you're, you're good. So yeah, we we definitely want to get out there and uh, experience it. Uh, you know, I, I played in Texas quite a bit whenever I was younger, but we never got into it into it where we were playing with the full band and out there on on you know on the big stage and letting the music out but um we're definitely going to try to get into that yeah i think 
just from like my experience, I think there's a huge scene for you out in Southeast New Mexico, like Roswell in that area. There, there's definitely some opportunities for you. Out I have there. never been Roswell that far is, into, into New Mexico. Roswell is the most amazing city in the world. If you're like, if you're into the aliens and stuff like that, it, it's. We watch ancient aliens on in the van all the time. <laughs> okay. Yes. You will enjoy. My bass player hates it, but I make him watch it because nice. you will enjoy Roswell, New Mexico. They've they've got a there's a couple of different venues that uh, they, I don't want to say they pander to Texas country, but they love good country music. So, and and that's kind of where I'm at. Like Kentucky, we've got a whole thing going on with like um, the Appalachian side of the the, the the state where it's kind of a bluegrass thing. Yeah, I like bluegrass and. You know, I've played bluegrass a little bit with my dad and stuff, and but that's not my thing. Like I'm, you know, I'm a rocker. I like I like rock and roll with fiddles and banjos. So, and that just always kind of felt in with that uh, that cross Canadian ragweed stuff, and you know that that whole deal. So it was like kind of like a combination. My music, I wanted it to be in between ragweed and Garth Brooks. So it's. You know, I do, like you, I do enjoy bluegrass, but they're so built on tradition that if you try and stretch outside of their their bounds of bluegrass, then, then like, the really traditionalists kind of get mad at you as far as... Oh, uh, yeah, they do. But, I mean, there's a lot of guys changing that because you get, like, Tyler Childers, who's got a bluegrass feel to him from yeah. Kentucky, and then uh, yeah. Billy Strings. Yep. Who's oh, just, I love Billy Strings. That guy is so good. I've seen him like five times. I I just look at him while he's playing guitar. I'm like, God, my fingers don't work that way. <laughs> like, I can't I, move him that fast. I saw him three years ago down at a bluegrass festival in the Florida Keys. Back when he, like, I, he may have just gotten like a record deal, but he was like super young. I mean, he's and, killer. He's yeah. he's outstanding. Amazing, amazing. Again, guys like that that aren't getting the, uh, you know, the the push from. That, that that they need uh but you know that they've got their own thing going in their own fan bases that they're just exploding so yeah that's kind of where we're at where we're like you know we'll just do our own thing and you know we'll worry about we'll worry about nashville when nashville you know comes knocking on our door just like yeah. you know because billy i mean I, I, he came to lexington uh three or four five times at a place called the Burl, and I went and seen him every single time. I seen him on the bill. I was like, I got to go see this guy again. Because yeah, there's going to be a time where he catches on, and you're not going to be able to see him. Not Yeah, not for $10. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be able to see him for $10, or you're not going to be able to see him for free. or you know. I mean, it's crazy. I've seen Eric Church. Uh, I tell this story all the time in Bowling Green. Uh, yeah. God, it's been 2007. Yeah. I think I paid 15 bucks to see Eric church. And I mean, he was like right there. <laughs> I mean, he was on the same stage that, you know, I play at, you know, weekend to weekend. And the guy was, you could just tell right there that show this guy is something else. Yeah. And I, um, now he's, I think the highest grossing live show in country music. Yeah. Is uh when I was living in Southern Illinois, I went and saw a little big town open for, who who are they opening for? They were opening for like Kelly Pickler or something like that. And I was working at a baseball stadium and they put on a big old show. And I was just sitting there, just like right when Boondocks came out, like that song. Oh like, yeah, that was good stuff back yeah. then, man. And so they they came out and like now you would never 
Yeah. So, like, I mean, that that's a little bit of a weird comparison because little. Oh, yeah, I, I'm not the biggest little big town fan, but you know. Well, it's always cool whenever you get to see those huge acts. That when you get to see them, when you know, when they were just now coming out, like the church thing, man. He he had a wilder mullet than I do. Yeah. Uh, and and they were pounding Jack Daniel shots, singing "Fat Bottom Girls" by Queen at the show, and I was like, "This that's is awesome." So awesome. That's amazing. I love that so much. Oh, uh, but what's kind of your plan moving forward? You mentioned you got some shows coming up, right? Yeah, we got some shows. Uh, we got a, a couple shows in Kentucky coming up uh, this coming up week. Then uh, the following week, we're going to be in Nashville for the week doing some shows up there. Then I'm coming home for deer camp and uh, I will be done until after Thanksgiving. And then, um, uh, December, I think we're going to do a couple more Nashville shows and then uh, a couple uh, Kentucky and Ohio shows and close it out in Kentucky uh, on New Year's Eve. Nice. Awesome. Um, well, it's staying kind of close to home to be close to the studio for studio dates and stuff yeah. like that. So. Well, and the fact that you live, th- that was always the weird thing about when I lived in Bowling Green, they're like, I was like, oh, everybody would ask where I live. I was like, oh, I'm like in central Kentucky. They're like, no, this is western Kentucky. Get it right. This is western Kentucky. To me, it's south central Kentucky. It's like I, is... live in, I live in central Kentucky. I'm from a town called New Haven. Yeah. It's uh, probably about 15, 20 minutes south of Bardstown, Kentucky, which is yeah. 50 minutes south of Louisville, yeah. which is 45 minutes north of Bowling Green. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, like, I literally they're, they're live like, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> They're like, no, this is Western Kentucky. You get that right. And I'm like, it's central. We live in the center part of the state. What are you guys talking about? Like, what part of this is Western Kentucky? Western would be like Paducah. Yeah. I've been to Western Kentucky. Eastern's like, you know, Hazard, Hazard, Paducah, you know, Bowling Green, Louisville. We're all in like a line down 65. That's central. Yeah. That's central Kentucky, not Bowling Green. Or Bowling Green is central. And now Bowling Green's kind of like, uh, it's like the suburbs of Nashville. So, yeah, Nashville's growing so much, you know. Yeah, it's but, it's crazy how big Nashville's got. So, oh, yeah. Like, I haven't been there since January, and I'm almost afraid to see how much has changed since January. Well, I mean, uh, I know you guys it, had some like weather. Events. It seems a whole lot emptier <laughs> right now because nobody's driving. But as soon as COVID uh, starts lifting off, I'm sure the Brawley's going to be backed up all the way to uh old hickory again and yeah it'll be terrible but that was the we will survive traffic oh yeah the first time the first time i ever went to nashville and like stayed overnight i was um um i was in antioch i was staying over in antioch somewhere and i was i messaged my buddy i was like hey i'm in nashville where's a good place to eat i'm in antioch and he was like oh go try this place and he gave me the directions or whatever i'm like okay cool He's like, it should take you five minutes to get there. And this was at like nine o'clock at night on a Saturday. And it took me almost an hour to drive, <laughs> like just to get there. And I'm like, everybody always wants to eat yeah. downtown. And I'm like, I drive an F-250 and I'm like, come on now. <laughs> so they want to eat downtown. I'm like, well, I guess I'll park somewhere, Yeah, well, you know, parking, and then I will get an Uber like, to wherever we're eating. Yeah like parking downtown that's insanity like just yeah yeah it's insane the, it's crazy it's i don't know i've been to los angeles new york and nashville's not as bad 
<laughs> but it's getting there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, so what's kind of keeping you motivated through like you're, you're releasing really awesome music. That's kind of, I don't want to say it's divisive, but in some eyes it, it can be perceived as divisive. What's kind of keeping you motivated and what's keeping you going right now? Man, as the, I guess the, what was the word I was told today <laughs> about what uh, kind of music that I'm putting out? Um, I guess divisive. It's, I, I wouldn't say divisive. It's polarizing is what yeah, I was Okay, told. polarizing. Polarizing. Yeah, there you uh, go. That's a better way to use. That's a better word to use. They, yeah, the guy was like, well, with your polarizing tunes. And I was like, it's just music, man. Uh, what keeps me going every day is the people that say I can't. <laughs> and then uh, that, that keeps me going. And then, you know, obviously my family and my friends, the support system I have in my life is incredible that that the people that help me my day to day just keep going and believe that what I've got going on is worth doing keeps me rolling every day. Yeah. And, um, you know, just, just every day waking up and getting to do this, you know, I got the best job in the entire world. I get to go play guitars and, uh, you know, sing my songs to people that want to hear them. So it's, um, I can't imagine doing anything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's all the fans that do that. You know, it's the people that come out of the shows and buy the merch and listen to the songs and, and book us for, you know, weird gigs that we're like, I don't know if we should do that. And we go do them anyways, end up having a blast, man. That's you get to meet some of the best people in the world and, and just keep going. That's uh, just a zero quit attitude. There's a, like the, the weird gigs are always the best. Like just the ones that seem a little bit out left to center. My buddy has a rock band that he has. They got invited to play a lockdown protest show. Like they were protesting <laughs> the lockdown. And this guy, he had like Trump, you know, like just, he, he was obviously Republican because he had like Trump uh, banners and all that stuff on his property. And the show they set up their stage like right up on the property line and it was like like two feet over and he came over to raise a fit and they're like you guys get your liberal bullshit out of here and they're like well we're protesting the lockdown you know and he was like oh you're protesting the lockdown if you guys need to use my bathroom and he was just like all of a sudden <laughs> opened up everything and i'm like craziest craziest thing before yeah. i got craziest show we've ever played it's been four or five years ago i played at an amish rum spring party okay nice. in uh central illinois okay yeah sedoris illinois is where this yeah, place that, was that's a, that's a, yeah. well they told me it was a benefit slash rodeo <laughs> and i was like okay so we'll go do this rodeo you know <laughs> we went up there and thought things were weird <laughs> you know i get there and they had, it was a hand-built stage and i was like man this is wild my band was like should we get out of the truck i was like yeah man it's fine i was like let's go set our stuff up and see what's up and uh this guy just walks out and um he's like don't be weirded out he said half these kids are amish I said, what? And he said, they're, they're all on their rum spring. He said, they're all old enough to be here. Yeah. He said, you know, but you know, they're in a transition period in their life. And then they told me this whole thing about these, these Amish kids. And I was like, 
And I'll tell you what, I've been to a lot of farm parties, a lot of barn parties, a lot of field parties out here in central Kentucky. Yeah. Them Amish boys throw down. Oh, I'm sure. They had pickle juice moonshine that they made themselves. And I mean, they were wild. And, and I just, I had to ask him, I was like, where'd y'all hear my music? <laughs> How'd y'all know about me to call me to book me? And I was like, well, we have Facebook. And I was like, Oh man, I didn't know Amish people had Facebook. He said, yeah, well, we're not Amish right now. So I was like, okay. Nice. It, it was the cra- craziest show I've ever played in my whole life. That sounds like the exact opposite of the time I was tour. Or I don't play music, but I was following a punk band around on a little tour and we got chased off the Navajo Indian Reservation. Because <laughs> they, they, they set up a show. They set up the show in the... We were in northern Arizona, and they set up a show in the middle of a dirt field or sand field, I guess, at that point. Oh, yeah, they went stage, you know, all that stuff. And we get out there, we call the booker, and they give us GPS coordinates, like not even an address. It was GPS coordinates. It's like, all right. That's when I would start getting nervous. (laughs) And so we go out there, and, you know, it's cool. Like, they got, like, four guys at the front of the thing. They're like, oh, hey, we're the band, and then the car behind us is with us as well. And I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, just park over here. The stage, like, it looks rinky-dink as fuck, but, you know, it's a – they got, like, a professional sound guy out there, you know, doing his thing. And so we're sitting there, and one of these girls comes over sloppy drunk, like, just – shooting vodka like it's nobody's business (laughs) and starts hitting on one of the guys in the band and then her boyfriend gets jealous and in the middle or and he was in one of the other bands and he gets up on stage and says yo fuck this band they're trying to fuck my girl you know just like all this nonsense and i just look over at my uh my audio engineer because we were doing like a little tour documentary (laughs) thing i was like i think we need to get the hell out of here and I look over at the lead singer of the band, and he's like, no, go. And so I'm just like, okay, boom. And I get my Man, punk tours are wild. <laughs> and so it's just I, like, I guess the, the worst thing we had to deal with was uh, out-of-control Amish kids. <laughs> That's wild, man. Yeah, it's, it's – you do it long enough, I'm sure we all got some wild stories, you know. Yes, sir. But – um no i want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast i really appreciate it yeah Um, man it was super fun yeah uh where can everybody find you online where can they find your music you know all that fun stuff www.dustincollinsmusic.com you can also get it backslash facebook dustin collins music and instagram dustin collins music official but because of censoring go to the website that's the better place Yeah, go to the website because uh because mark zuckerberg doesn't like my song Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. But once again, thank you so much. Uh, whenever you head out or get out here to Texas, let me know. We'd love that. Absolutely, man. We'll do it. Come, come see a show or get you on a podcast or, you know, like figure something out. Like I got to bring in my audio engineer from Roswell, but you know, it, it, we'll figure something out. We'll get it done, man. Yeah. But absolutely. Once again, thank you so much for jumping on. Thank uh, no you everybody problem, for man. tuning in and we'll catch you guys later. Later.